This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, Clock Dodgers, what's up? I got a great episode for you here, guys. Okay, we got a great episode. Awesome guest. Very entertaining conversation. But before we get to that, there's just something important I want to talk to you guys about. At ClockDodgers.com right now, if you visit the website, uh, you can order a Clock Dodgers family shirt. Just released out there. Um, if you order it, the big thing about this is not only are you rocking the family, you let people represent, know where you're at, know what you represent. People are going to ask you, hey, what's that clock? What, what is this shirt about? What is that about? You let them know, listen, this is a family I'm a part of. This is a family that we ignore the nine to five limits that we are told that we have to live within where we wake up, we go to work, we go to sleep, we rinse, we repeat. That's not how we live, right? We see outside that nine to five. We break out of that and we pursue our passions, are motivated to do other things besides that system, that continuous system, that circle. So it's about pursuing your passions, enjoying life, being entertained, taking your mind off those stresses. But not only all of that, but above all is helping others, making somebody's day, giving something to somebody who doesn't have. Um, and so the 75% of the profits from this shirt are going to go to the Brain and Behavior Research Fund. The reason I chose that one for this particular run of shirts is just mental health issues, right? Mental health issues is a big thing in this country. It's still got like a stigma over it that people don't either feel comfortable talking about it. You, you look at someone like they're weird because of it. And it's just not cool. A lot of people are dealing with all kinds of stuff, right? And, you know, people listening right now, me, anybody, you don't, you never know who, who is dealing with it. And it's not fun, right? So why not research? Not, why not fund the guys who research ways to try to find treatments for stuff like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, P PTSD, you know, those, those kind of things. So 75% of the profits will go directly to that. If you guys, please, can can tweet out the link, right? Retweet it when I tweet it. Um, send it send it to, to some big names on Twitter that you know who could help promote it. Um, all, all that matters is that we get this message out to people. Uh, I don't care if you get the shirt and donate to Goodwill. Um, or if you just want to make a donation and say, here, I don't want this. I don't want the stupid shirt. I, don't, I got enough shirts. I don't want the shirt. But I just want to donate to the cause. That, that works too. Whatever you want to do. I really don't care. Matter of fact, if you don't even want a shirt, how about you just do me this favor? Don't order the shirt. I understand people's cir cir circumstances are different. Some people just don't want it. Whatever the case may be. In return, then, if you don't want to do that, just go out and make somebody smile today. Make somebody laugh today. You never know how somebody's feeling. You never know the place that they're in. They're you're never sure how far your compliment or your, your little you know, sense of comedy that you give them that makes them laugh or smile or tell me they look great today. Their new haircut looks fly. Their car looks extra clean, whatever it is, right? You never know how far that takes somebody. You never know. So if you could just do that, that that'll make my day. But besides that, the shirts are on sale, cloudodders.com. We already got a bunch of orders, but the more the merrier, obviously, the more we can do because 
you know, through the site, there's this just, uh, you know, you just make the profits. It's all weird. So just 75% of that is going to that. The other 25%, if you're curious, is going back into Clock Dodgers. So the contest that we run, um, the, the the quality of the show, the website, the contributors, anything I can figure out a way to try to, you know, squeeze that money into whatever, whatever comes of it, I will do. Um, speaking of contests, Right now, we have a contest going, as you guys know. If you're new to it, it's okay. You can still play because this episode here is the the last episode. What happens is I'm giving questions. The Ben Cummins episode, the Elliot Christ episode, and now this episode have three questions, one on each. The first person to send me the answer to all three is who wins. It doesn't matter how fast you sent the first two. It's whoever gets all three to me the quickest, which means after this episode, the first person to send me all three answers is who's going to win. Um... So if you haven't already sent the first two, just go back and listen to them really quick. You may still win it. So that's what we're doing here. So be on the lookout for the question on this episode and and try to win it. You can either email it to me, clockdodgers at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter. You can DM me at clockdodgers on Instagram at clockdodgers. Same thing. Game don't change. Um, just send it to me and, and try to get this, this fancy pants clock dodgers mug. I don't even have one yet, so I'll be jealous when we send it out to you, but Let's let's get let's make this happen, guys. Get get all you gotta do is send all three. The first person to send me all three. I don't know how quick who who's gonna get to this first, but all three and you, everyone has a chance. So go back and listen to the other two and just you know just give it your shot, right? Shoot your shot. You miss all the ones you don't take, as somebody famous once said. <laughs> but again, guys, cloudodgers.com, Get the shirt. Seventy five percent of charity. Please pump it out there, man. Tell some people you know. Hit hit up guys on Twitter that have a big following. Hit up other whoever you want. Um, and, and any way that you can help, tell friends, family, and I'm going to switch the charities up every once in a while. So this run is for that that particular foundation, but we'll keep switching them up. That way we can um, that way we can keep it fresh and give different charities a chance, and not just selling shirts. So uh, we have the wristbands, we have contests, we can have all kinds of stuff to do. So um, if you have any suggestions, throw them my way. It's all that's what this is about. It's not me. It's not any particular person. It's uh, this whole family. It's us. So. Um, let, let's let's help guys out, guys. Um, I, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. Let's get to the episode. Hopefully, let's just get to the episode. Let's just just get to the episode. Let's go. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. Play with the game. I mean, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. Locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. All right, all right, we're rolling. Um, for those who didn't read the episode description before you started listening, I take my time with that beauty, and the least you could do is read it. But I won't be petty right now about your lack of appreciation for episode descriptions. I have a guest with me today, a gentleman who so happens to be the co-founder of RosterCoach.com, uh, associate editor at 444.com, host of uh, DFS MVP, co-host of DFS MVP podcast, and host of his own podcast at Season's End, uh, which is a very good podcast. I highly recommend you guys checking it out if you don't already. My guest today is TJ Hernandez. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, good to be on, and I love the idea of the show. Uh, you hit me up, and I kind of got to look over everything. And anytime you can mix football with some real life stuff, I think that's when 
like have the most fun with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I just figured you were a perfect, uh, perfect guest for the show. Obviously, I follow you on Twitter. I see all the stuff that you do, and you don't just, you know, follow that trend of just fancy football. Like you're talking about everything. So I figured, yeah, it matches I, up perfectly. I, the, the, <laughs> the serious stuff is stick to football, but then outside of that, you know, you, you got to have a little bit of personality. So I, I don't mix it up too much with the arguments or the politics, but you know, throw some stand-up comedy, some funny memes on there, try to keep it light as much as possible. Absolutely, man. I, I totally agree with that. So obviously those listening that, that know who you are, like we said, they, they probably know you because of fancy football and they follow you on Twitter. You're the guy with the, with the Stewie avatar. Yeah. Um, it's pretty pretty legendary at this point. But there's so much more to talk about, like we said, besides the fancy football. you know, we, Like you said, we both love the stand-up comedy. Um, we both have podcasts, obviously. We're both Raider fans. Um, which is crazy because I don't really have a lot of Raider fans on here for some reason. They just, I need to get that quota up, but, um, (laughs) where are you, where are you from originally? I was actually born in New York, but I moved to Florida when I was like three and just somehow became a Raider fan. It's weird. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) So, you know, we'll we'll try to get the Raider, you know, Raider, Raider, Raider quota up on here, but right now, you know, we're a little light on that, but you're, you're, you're going to help, you know, bring that up. So I'm excited about that. Um, Yeah. Before we get into the Raider stuff, I do want to just kind of discuss with you really quick, just for those who may not know you or for those who just need to know more about you like let's just kind of discuss really quick you know your your podcast um i you know i like the idea of the podcast you just started it though right it's fairly new in terms of yeah for the yeah, we're, um, yeah we're four episodes into the new podcast uh basically all of my work around fantasy is just football uh so fantasy football uh mostly dfs but i do uh focus a lot on redraft Outside of that, it's pretty much it. So in the off season, I get a lot of downtime, which is nice. Uh, but also, you you know, I kind of have this free time, and I want to keep challenging myself, and also just do something I like. Uh, some of the most interesting podcasts that I listen to, football or non-football, are just the the pods where they have people on there um, shooting the shit about random topics. And I mean, we have so many people that follow the fantasy industry so closely. Uh, I just wanted to talk to some of the guys that I respect and find out a little more about them outside of uh, the Twitter, the fantasy projections. So the idea behind the podcast is just to uh, find out who's passionate about what and try to learn a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I like that 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 twist on it. Um, and, and obviously, like I said, you, you do a lot of fantasy stuff anyway, so it's good to get that little you know separation from that. But you, you do, I think, probably the biggest thing is the four for four football, obviously. Um, can you give, give just for those listening kind of an idea what you do there exactly? Yeah. So I've been with four for four, um, actually going on my fourth year. So four year anniversary of four for four, I should probably hit up Josh for a little celebration or something, (laughs) but I've been writing with them going on four years. I went on with them full time last year as an associate editor. Uh, and basically, uh, I got brought on to help tag team uh, the whole DFS side with Chris Raybon. Chris basically built the whole thing from the ground up after he took over for Jonathan Bales. Um, and I'm kind of his right-hand man in that respect. Like you said, I'm the co-host of the uh, podcast. Help him out with just any any big research or statistical analysis that we're looking to do. Uh, Chris and I probably have our fingerprints on it somehow. Uh, and then just work very closely with Josh. Josh has a lot of stuff on his plate, and uh, he's he's one of the coolest dudes in the world to work for. So 
I think he really enjoys finally having a full staff to kind of delegate a little bit. Right. So we, we work on a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but it's fun, man. We get to work from home. Uh, we're, we're kind of spread out in all corners of the country plus Mexico. So it's really cool. we got a awesome team over at four for four and, Man, I'm I'm basically living the dream right now with those guys. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a lot. It is a lot of people's dreams. They, you know, a lot of guys that we talk to or that are you know are clocked out your family. They a lot of guys want to get in that same space. You know, that's what a lot of people's goal is. So it's cool that you're doing that. And then of course you have rostercoach.com, which um, that's more of a DFS lean to it though, right? It's not. Yeah, that roster coach is my baby. Um, it's focused on DFS, and, and the idea of it is it's video based, uh, uh, kind of classroom style courses and lessons. So the idea behind that kind of came from my poker background. And in, in poker, the big idea was um, video learning, and I hadn't seen that much in fantasy. I, I, it's happening a little bit more now, but uh, I just saw so many things that were basically telling you what to do or who to play without giving a lot of context or kind of the um, teacher man to fish saying. So I just wanted to do something where I can get people to think about the game on a higher level rather than just telling them this is a good value play for, for that week or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's started that started that up last year focuses on all sports, got a really good team over there. Like I said, uh, I personally just do football, but uh, we got some guys putting out really fantastic content for all sports over there. Right. So, I mean, I, I highly suggest, obviously, anyone to check out any of these things if you're not already doing that. Um, as far as like, because obviously, you're, you're like you said, you're pretty entrenched in fancy football, DFS, all that kind of stuff. Do you feel like, you know, the, the industry in itself has only scratched the surface? Or do it's you, really hard or do to you say feel like we're in a, a good spot right now? I, I feel like we're in a good spot. I mean, obviously, it felt like we were on this huge trajectory um, with with DFS a couple years ago, and then we know what's kind of going on with uh, legislation, state-by-state state deal. Actually, Texas just uh, went to vote uh, this morning, I think, so I, I haven't double-checked, but I know there's been a big push to get Texas across. And if you can get a state like that to even consider, uh, at the very least, you know that there are uh, there, there's hope because uh, a state like Texas is very conservative. We saw right. the same thing with New York. Um, I, I think we're in a good spot because say what you say, say what you will about the FanDuel and the DraftKings, whether you play DFS or not. Um, it got a lot of eyes on fantasy sports and it grew our industry to allow people like myself to have full time jobs. Where five or six years ago. There were maybe a handful of guys. You had the Evan Silvas and the John Paulsons and the Matthew Berrys, uh, the guys at PFF. But outside of that, there just weren't that many opportunities. And DFS brought that kind of ancillary attention to uh, just traditional fantasy. I mean, every traditional fantasy site now has uh, some kind of DFS spin to it so i think that's a very good thing i think it's very sustainable um as far as growth i mean i i think that fantasy football is i don't know how much more it can grow the traditional format uh, right. so many people already play it i think once dfs uh we see the state-by-state -state legislation which looks like it's going in the positive direction i think once people realize that uh, this is very, very legal and very safe. I think we'll see growth there. Uh, we, we saw a little dip in numbers in the last year, but I think it'll start going back up. I think there's room to grow there, especially in the niche sports. Uh, we see DraftKings over in Europe now. Uh, soccer and golf are two sports that are getting pretty popular in DFS, and I think sports like that 
can really help fantasy grow. If fantasy is growing at all, that's good for all of us. So I, I like where we're at and I do think there's room to grow overall. Right. Yeah. I hundred percent agree with you. And, and it's cool to see, um, you know, like, like the websites, um, the, the, the YouTube guys, the Twitter guys, the podcast guys, like it's nice to see these guys all, you know, taking that passion to the next level and, and making something of it, whether it's a full-time thing, a part-time thing, whatever. It's just fun to see everybody go after it. You know, um, it, it's just fun period. I yeah. mean that we all got into it cause we were just doing it cause, cause we like to talk about football talk about sports i started writing for free and like you said the the multi-platform is what's really changing the game whether you like talking whether you like doing video uh whether you like writing whatever you like doing to communicate your love for sports there's an avenue for you and even better if you can do all of them you become this valuable asset to anybody that's looking to hire someone so I mean, it just whatever your goals are, there's probably something you could find right now in the fantasy community. It's a really, really fun time. Yeah, it is, and that, and that's why I always tell people. Like, I'm always talking to people, and they're like, "Oh, I want to write. Oh, I want to do a podcast." I'm like, "Just do it. Yeah, you know I mean, start. Like, just go yes. for it. Just I'll, do it. Yep. Doesn't matter. Yeah, what I was know. just, I was just having that conversation with a friend the other day. He's he's a big basketball guy, and I I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about basketball. I said, man, fi- whatever you like talking about, start writing about yeah. it. It doesn't matter what it is. I have this conversation with um, Al Smith all the time. Every time I see him, he says, why don't you write about other sports? Why? I'm like, listen, Al, I love fantasy and I love DFS, but the reason I started doing this is because I like talking about football. Fantasy is my outlet to talk about football. Exactly. If fantasy, if fantasy went away, I'd find another way to talk about football. I'm not interested in talking about other sports. I don't want this to become a chore, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. That, that, that is the main goal and you know once you take the fun out of it that's what it becomes so it's mm-hmm. keep it that way um now I, I am big on like goals right setting goals and kind of going after them you know we, we just mentioned how you do all these different things the podcast the websites the writing all this stuff what is your goal like you know I, I, i'm assuming it's fun because that's what it sounds like you're, you're basically aiming for anything that's fun you're just going to do it but is there any other is there any main like a bigger goal for you is there some kind of other venture you're trying to take a level you're trying to take it to or is it just continue to just have the most fun at everything you can First and foremost, it's fun. I mean, the like the podcast, trying something new. Last year it was roster coach. I, I want to start these projects that intrigue me. If the light bulb goes on, I at least want to get the wheels in motion and try to put myself in a position where if it doesn't work, I could relatively easily step away from it while also uh, putting enough energy into it to at least say that I saw it through. Um, but I mean, that's a fine line and it's kind of a case-by-case basis. I'd like to challenge myself if I have a lot of free time, I'm probably going to go end up at the bar throwing back a couple too many beers. So that's my <laughs> way to my, I try to keep my, my addiction to my, my sports. But, um, when I started roster coach last year is when I kind of really started thinking about my, my long-term goals. Cause I'm with four for four and, um, that's a job that, that pays me four for four. I mean, roster coach is my own. So right, I'm into right. it and my, my idea with roster coach and my Twitter and also four for four and my, my podcast is my hope is that I can build a big enough platform where I can take people that were in my position one or two years ago and give them at least something that resembles uh, a sustainable job. I want to be able to provide that for some guys, whether they're known or, or not. I just want to be able to provide that for other people. So if I have a product that's really, really good and I'm able to bring on good talent, um, that's really going to help out the guys that we're talking about that are looking to get into it that might be really, really talented but don't have uh, an outlet yet. Hopefully, I can provide that for people because there's a handful of guys that did that for me. So I'm just kind of trying to pay it forward with the projects that I'm working on. 
I love that, man. That's that, that's awesome. That's similar to what I'm trying to do with Clock Dodgers. You know, just overall, just build the whole brand and and take people with you. You know what I mean? Whoever whoever is fully on board and and, and wants mm-hmm. it, you know, to take them along with you. So I love that, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, and and and, and you know, speaking of awesome. Again, I mentioned that we're Oakland Raider fans, man. And Mm -hmm. again, it's not often that I get these guys on here, man. So I just want to transition to them for a minute. I figure we'll go from your great thing that you got going to another great thing, man, which is the Raiders. (laughs) So um, I want to talk about them for for you with with you for a minute or an hour or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever it turns into. But um, I've had people ask me about. You know, obviously the Raiders moving is a big deal, right? Moving to Vegas, Mm -hmm. Um, and and people always ask me, "How do you feel about that?" And you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not in Oakland, I'm not in California. And we, we, we've obviously, you know, talked about that a second ago. Um, so living in Florida, I feel like I don't have that same perspective mm-hmm. that guys who there locally have. Um, so I don't feel fair answering it totally because obviously that's not my connection. It's not like, Oh, that's my team here locally or something. So I don't have, it's not that reason. Um, for someone who's there, you're in San Diego, right? Yeah. So someone who's, who's so close, it, it, what was it? Did you become a Raider fan because of location? Did that, did that have anything to do with it or was it just something I, else? I, I grew up in Northern California, Um, but while when I was born, the Raiders were in LA. But my dad was a huge Raiders fan. So um, when I was born, my dad had season tickets to the Raiders in LA and used to go down there uh, for every game. When they moved back to Oakland, again season tickets. I grew up going to the Oakland Coliseum. Then I moved to San Diego um, to go to school to go to San Diego State. So I have. Kind of, I've been close and I've been far away, so I'm kind of torn on what it means. I've been, I don't, I don't know if we want to get too far down a philosophical <laughs> rabbit hole here, but I've been kind of struggling, not struggling, but contemplating um, over the last few years just the idea of uh, blind, uh, just blind companionship or or blind. Um, loyalty allegiance a blind allegiance to a, a team or a city or whatever it is like we're put into these random like things in life and people love their city so much or love their state or love their country even it's like that's luck of the draw and that's kind of how i got my my um sports sports fandom all came from that so i've kind of been thinking about it with the raiders moving do i want to be a football orphan uh because (laughs) once i started doing the fantasy football thing full-time i've became very uh subjective in terms of my my football watching the the wins are still fun but the losses don't really hurt because a lot of times uh i'm making money when the raiders lose if i'm (laughs) you know if i'm if i'm high on alshon or something one week and he's going up against the raiders i don't know how how to feel about it i need someone to convince me to stay a raiders fan at this point i think wow that's interesting see see that's what i'm saying your take is so different than mine and 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 you're saying it's not just the move thing it's just fantasy in general has kind of blurred that for you right it's definitely blurred it i mean if if the if the Ra- it's it's going to be really hard to watch a Raiders game, even if they're in Vegas, and not root for them because I've been doing it for my whole life. Right. My my kind of contrarian, want to stir the pot attitude makes me want to say I'm not going to be a Raiders fan anymore. But <laughs> um, if their first year in Vegas, they they keep this team looking like it does, and all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl, it's going to be really hard for me not to. Uh, root for him. So I think I'm going to have some fun with it and tell people I'm an NFL orphan. I, I think ultimately, I mean, 
I've grew up with them. I spent the first 31 years of my life rooting for the Raiders. I, I think I'll probably continue. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like, you know, this uh, culture that we're in, the, the the kids coming up today, the whole fantasy football thing, I, I feel like it does um, tend to lend itself more to people becoming fans of players rather mm-hmm. than teams. You know what I mean? It just seems like, you know, the whole kind of like LeBron factor uh, in basketball, like the fans just follow him wherever he goes. They're not fans of his team. They're more fans of just him, you know? Um, so I think that's going to happen more with football as well. And, and like you said, obviously, because I think fantasy football plays a big part in that, but um, it, as far as, as far as uh, the Raiders are going to stay in Oakland for a couple of years, it sounds like regardless, but, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, moving to Vegas for any team, just Raiders aside, any team is not a good idea, um, because of the, the scene, you know, Sin City, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Do you think I, I've said on previous episodes that that's not like a big deal to me? I feel like if a guy wants to get in trouble, he doesn't need to be in Vegas. You know, he can seek it out anywhere he wanted 100%. to. Yeah. So you agree 100%. with that? Yeah. I live, I lived in Vegas for two years and let me tell you something. When, when you live in Vegas, the last thing you want to do is go to the strip. Um, I mean, maybe they'll be a little bit on on the front end, but I agree with what you said. People that are looking for trouble are going to get into trouble. A huge majority of the, maybe not majority, a huge percentage of these guys are adults with wives and kids. It's not like they're just going to the club every single night. Some of them are. Right. Um, these whole these these big profile guys, like yeah, sure, but listen. These guys are going to clubs in San Diego, in L.A., in Miami, any city they're in, they're hitting the club. They're doing exactly – the experience you get in Vegas at this point, you can get that experience in any big city. It's turned up in Vegas, but it's probably more protected in Vegas because there's a culture of the – that culture originated there. So the, the club promoters, the owners, the managers – the servers, the people around them, you're gonna, you're probably gonna hear about it less than you would if they're at a club in New York City, right? right? Just because that's what Vegas is built on. So, I think if anything, it's gonna be a detriment to the teams that are coming into Vegas for the week. I mean, I kind of think about uh, you hear stories of uh, NBA players. Apparently, a big thing is a lot of players rest uh when they're in toronto with sicknesses or rest or scheduled rest days because so many visiting players love to party because uh toronto is such a big party city i think we could kind of see that in vegas where the visitors are the ones that are hurting because they get there and they're like yeah we're here for a couple days let's go let's go out on saturday night real quick teams you know put them on some tight curfews when they come to visit yeah we'll see (laughs) um moving to just fantasy in general with the raiders um we obviously know they have a lot of uh uh, big offensive players but if you had to give me like say top five uh raiders as far as fantasy is concerned as far as this upcoming season um who, who would be your top five that you're that you think you want to focus on the most in the raiders offense yeah i mean it's it's going to start with amari and crabtree and i think they're pretty much going to f- keep fall into that role that we would expect from them i mean uh, uh, amari is a guy that i think is uh, going to be a little overdrafted for my taste just because we haven't seen it in the first two years him getting the opportunities to score uh most of his touchdowns have come from outside the red zone i have to think that 
they're going to at least try to get him there a little bit more. But he's going to be a volume guy. He's going to get his 100 catches. Like Whether you're high or low on him, it's a little bit of splitting hairs because he is going to be in that wide receiver 12 to 15 range no matter what. And we know Crabtree is going to see a ton of the uh, the red zone work. And right. He's another guy. You know, you just know what you're going to be getting with Amari and Krabs. Uh, Carr's a guy, I mean, he – is one of the guys that is due for touchdown regression more than almost any quarterback in the league. Um, I, I run a metric at four for four called red zone expected value that basically looks at where each red zone play happened and the expectation of scoring percentage of scores from that yard line over the course of the last three years. And basically if you look at that car should have thrown 25 red zone touchdowns last year. He only threw 19. That six touchdown gap is pretty big. And that's a number that, from my research, tends to regress. So I think uh, he could be a pretty decent value. Then after that, you have the running backs. I I think Marshawn Lynch is a guy that's going to get overdrafted um, for a lot of reasons. I I think the lazy analysis is going to be Latavius was a borderline RB1 last year on this offense. Marshawn's better. Marshawn can do that. I don't think it's that simple because – of Latavius is one of the most touchdown dependent players in the league last year, right. at least a running back. Um, only five more, more uh, running backs in the top 36 were more touchdown dependent in terms of fantasy points in Latavius. Uh, but at that same time, Oakland was in the bottom seven in the league in terms of uh, percentages of opportunities in the red zone given to the running back. So basically what that's saying is they didn't use their running back a lot but the running back scored a lot near the goal line. So that's kind of a lot of luck. And then we look at the fact that Marshawn had his lowest yards per carry by a lot in 2015 with the Seahawks. Their offensive line wasn't great, and yards per carry isn't a reliable year-to-year stat, but it still kind of raises eyebrows. He was in, he struggled staying healthy, and then he takes a whole year off, coming back 31 years old, into a backfield where the Raiders aren't he, – he's not going to go in there and get 70% of the backfield touches. We saw that last year. The Raiders want to give their – they want to give Washington, they want to give Jalen Rashard touches. And sure, you can say, oh, well, that's because Latavius wasn't good. No Raiders running back last year had uh, more than 65% of the touches in the game. I think it happened once all year. They have defined roles for Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington. They're going to use them. They're not going to give a 31-year-old back 70% of the touches. So is Marshawn going to have value? I think so. Is he going to get overdrafted? In my opinion, almost 100%. I can't imagine myself having much Marshawn Lynch in my portfolio. I'd much rather target the backup running backs who have roles, We, we especially Jalen Richard, who's going to be their pass-catching back. We know they want to use him in a team that's going to throw a lot um, or at least a fair amount. They, they ranked eighth in pass attempts last year, I think. And we've seen those players excel with limited roles. You think about the Danny Woodheads, the Darren Sproles. I think Richard could be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, I think you're right as far as they have this defined, you know, roles for each of these guys. And so the the Raiders don't care about giving any certain guy the most, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, Marshawn Lynch, a certain amount. Um, and, I, and I agree with you on that. It's it's hard. I think people get excited, obviously, about, you know, the shiny new toy is beast mode. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just excited about it, period. And that, you know, like you said, it's going to make you me guys like me. You just not tend to get him very often. Um, yeah. But I am excited. I, I just 
I'm actually interested with DeAndre Washington, man. Like, I don't know. It seemed like last year towards the end of the year, they started using him the most, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so he started doing pretty well at the end of the year when it was just kind of him and and Richard. So I'm interested to see how that goes between those two guys even. I wouldn't be surprised to see a situation where he and Lynch are rotating series and you, you said it perfect as far as the Raiders aren't going to be that team where they have to force it to one guy from what what it looks like they have this kind of like Golden State Warriors cult culture where it's super fun. Everybody's like really bought into the team thing. And you look at somebody, we talked about Amari. They have the, the player that they're invested the most in after Carr is Amari Cooper. And he barely scores. You don't see him. They're not forcing it to him. They're not right. forcing touchdowns to him. He doesn't need to get his big numbers. They're winning. And I think we're just going to keep seeing that. This is going to be a team that's going to spread it around. Yeah, and I'm just curious because I haven't heard a lot about it. Understandably so because nobody's really crazy about the guy. But do you think Cook will do anything at all with the Raiders this year? I wrote, up Jared, I wrote up Jared Cook right after they signed him. And when you can when a, a tight end is so touchdown dependent. And Cook had one of the best opportunities he could have last year with Aaron Rodgers. And he still, he, he had that run at the end of the year. And I think people are going to remember that the last two weeks of the season and then the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but for the most of the season, he was, he was very inefficient. He got red zone opportunities, didn't convert them. He's historically not converted red zone looks into scores. And he's always got a pass because he's been on these horrible Rams teams with whole, horrible quarterbacks. He had no excuse last year when other receivers around him were converting their red zone looks into scores. He wasn't, and I you, there just aren't a lot of targets that are going to prop him up outside of touchdowns. You can't expect Amari or Crabtree to give up much of their share. They're looking at anywhere between 22 and 25% of the targets. You consider the running backs, and Seth Roberts is still going to eat up some of those red zone targets. He's been fantastic in the red zone. Him and Carr came into the league together. They obviously have a little bit of a rapport. So even if you give Cook every single tight end target from last year, you're only looking at a 14% target share. I don't think he's the kind of player that's going to come in and all of a sudden command 5% more of the targets. He's just not that good of a player. So I think he's just kind of he's going to be this – guy that people are going to try to stream and he's going to disappoint because he's just going to be very unpredictable right totally understandable and i know you're not big into rookies and really a big you know big dynasty thing but just because I, obviously i'm a raider fan you know you're just big on fancy football in general and you know you know you think about the raiders you love the raiders even though you know you're just kind of blurred right now <laughs> um you ha- you obviously have had to appear about you know things about um zamora right the undrafted mm-hmm. free agent and i'm just yeah. curious when, when it comes to guys like that um I, I, obviously in like DFS and stuff, you probably don't give a shit at all. And, and just in fantasy in general, you probably don't know if it's redraft, but do, do you guys like that ever excite you? Like rookie guys, when you know, undrafted guys, these guys are just crazy specimens. Like, do you even waste your time with those kind of guys at all? Or are you just like, whatever? I, I still watch from a distance. I mean, a, a guy like Zamora is, I mean, he, he was obviously pretty, um, he, he had the thing where he was like, hitting the dog or whatever. So yeah. he probably would have been, but he probably would have been went drafted. And, and then he didn't just because of something like that. I mean, if you're going to be like a fifth rounder and then something like that happens, teams aren't even going to bother drafting you. Right. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's a big dude. He's not blazing fast, but I mean, he runs two five, five and he's like 250 pounds. So um, big body, which the Raiders don't have right now. It's going to be pretty hard to make noise on this team, yeah. especially in year one, just because of, of the weapons that we already discussed. But I mean, no, I, I don't, 
I, I wouldn't say I don't get excited about those guys because um, I was big on I've been big on Quincy and Noon one and even going back to early in the summer last year, just because he's another one of those guys, just a physical specimen, a little more uh, opportunity. But last year he was buried behind uh, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. And my thinking was, listen, if I can get this guy for free in like an FFPC in the 20th round or a MFL 10 in the 20th round, and one of these guys goes down, then maybe you're onto something. And sure enough, Decker went down and a noon one didn't, uh, he obviously didn't set the world on fire because of how bad that offense was, but he was serviceable for a couple of weeks. And sure. I could see that for Zamora if if one of the Raiders receivers goes down and he if he sticks on the roster. Yeah, I just wanted to ask because those kind of guys always excite people. You know, you know, he may not make the team. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, over deep down, I'm I'm still a I'm because I'm DFS stats. I'm 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 team metrics. So right, I'm I'm the metrics guy. So give me the physical <laughs> specimen. I'm I'm down. All for it, exactly. Well, man, I mean, I don't want to go too far into the Raiders, so we're gonna we're gonna slow down. We're gonna pump the brakes on it. Um, I want to do something that I haven't done on this on this podcast yet, and it's it's kind of because, like I said, you know, you're you know, me and you, we have so many of these different interests, and I, I wanted to kind of get into some other stuff with you, not just football. And we'll come back to some football, and there's even a little football involved here. But um, what I want to do is, I got this thing. I called it the entertainment draft, and basically, okay. I got these categories, um, and I'm gonna give you three names or three things, whatever it is. And you basically, we're going to act like we're drafting them first, second, and third round. Okay. okay. So the first one I'm going to throw at you is hip hop. I know you're a music fan, hip hop fan, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Okay. So I'm yeah, gonna- I've, I've, Chris and I, our intro DFS MVP is, is a uh, classic hip hop. I've went, I went on a hip hop lull for quite a while, maybe the past five or six years. And it's having a little bit of a renaissance. We got some good names here. <laughs> I'm glad I like who you picked. Okay, good. So the three names I'm going to throw at you are Kendrick Lamar, uh, who just ha- who just released an album? Um, J Cole, and the last one is Big Sean. So obviously, you know if you like hip hop at all, you know who these three are. But I'm just curious, who who are you going to draft in the first, second, and third here, TJ? Kendrick Lamar is the 1.01, and it's easy. I don't even <laughs> think it's close. Uh, I've been since the day his album came out. I've pretty much been listening to it on loop. Uh, it's it's one of the best albums I've heard in a long time, and then even before that album came out, uh, I've I've been a fan of Kendrick uh, since since his early days. He's just one of the the most soulful soulful dudes. I just like what he talks about. He's insightful. He has substance to his rhymes. Uh, Big Sean, I'll take second, just because of of his last album. I, there's very few albums I could listen to all the way through. His song with Eminem, I like a lot. I wasn't a big fan of his last album, but the uh, but his new album is pretty dope. I've I've been listening to it quite a bit. And J Cole, I get J Cole, but for whatever, I don't even have a good reason. I've just his stuff has never spoke to me. I just I just not I'm just not on that like J Cole Drake type vibe for whatever right. reason. I don't hate it. I just never. It's just never been my deal. Right now, I got you. This is a tough one for me, man. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm trying to think, man. See, see, I'm opposite with you as far as Cole. Like, I love Cole's music. Um, I get and- it. I, I don't hate it. I just, I've never like, I what if I turn on a new album? I'll listen to it once, maybe twice, and if I can't vibe out to it, I just, I never go back to it. Right. And if I if if I can listen to it on loop, I'm like, this is dope. And for some reason, J. Cole's just never grabbed me that way. And I, I don't have a good reason. I don't. Yeah, hate no, it. I got just- you. No, it's fair. I'm actually gonna go Cole one. 
Just mm. to make this interesting, mm. I'm going to go Lamar 2, Kendrick Lamar 2, and Big Sean 3. And the reason for Big Sean is for me, um, obviously, he's a little different than these two guys as far as his content typically. But I just feel like I need like one more album out of him that's like the last yeah. one. Do you uh, know what I mean? If I, I could just get one more, if I could just that consistency out of him. Because um, the other two I've been listening to like you know during their mixtapes and stuff, and I love those even. And Big Sean's mixtapes and stuff, uh, you know, they just kind of weren't there as far as this kind of substance with these other yeah, two. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So the one thing that I would knock big sean the reason i really do like his last album or his newest album is uh the production which obviously isn't him but some some of the like uh jump out the window the production on that song's pretty dope i don't remember yeah. who, who produced it but there's some really dope beats on that album and the one thing we can say about him over these other two is i think commercially he probably has the strongest like radio yeah. type play so i could say you know he obviously can give him some points for that too but yeah he has the he has the club bangers yeah for sure all right that was that was good the next one i'm going to go to is comedy obviously i like I, like we've said a thousand times we were both big stand up comedy fans and i think we like a lot of the same guys so i threw some interesting mm-hmm. names in here um the first one i'm throwing out there is a guy who if you're not into comedy you probably don't know a lot about him but you need to know yeah you need to know it's ari shafir um, the next one is Bill Burr, who pretty much I'm sure everyone knows. And the last one is Joe Rogan, who many people will know, but not even necessarily for his comedy. It's for everything else. But um, those those are the three names out there. Um, give me your first, second, third rounder, CJ. I hate that I have to draft because I don't know if you if you keep up on my Twitter like that, but these are the three dudes whose podcasts I listen to the most. And I listen to a lot of stand-up comedy. I listen to stand-up comic podcasts. These are three of my favorite dudes, and Ari Shafir is um, – he's probably introduced me to more comics I didn't know about through his podcast than any other. Uh, but if we're just going straight stand-up, I got to go Bill Burr because he is – the his comedy got me into like the – wormhole of being a comedy nerd and he his personality probably mirrors mine the most if you know me from twitter from fantasy you probably don't believe that because i've (laughs) come off as nicer but if you're just my day-to-day um i I have that that kind of edge in my thinking that 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 burr has he just that has that natural default to anger and i just love the way he uh formulates his jokes and he's just always trying new shit and i've i've seen him live i've seen all these guys live actually uh multiple times and burr live is it's it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your life he just knows how to take over a room um straight stand-up i i gotta go I gotta go Rogan next, kind of for similar reason. I just like his his subject matter. He's I, I actually saw him last week, and I I, I like his um, he digs into these topics that people don't even think about, and and puts it in a way that is so obvious, but it just makes you laugh so hard. And then he's he has this ability to take these really offensive topics, which which Bird does too, actually, um, and get the crowd on his side. Yeah, and then. Ari's Ari's third and like I said, like this is like this is like <laughs> choosing like your favorite kids. Um, but I, I like Ari's stand up because let me give you an example. There's certain stand comics where I'll tell you they're one of my favorites, and then you'll watch me watch their stand up, and I'll might not even have like one of those big belly laughs. But he's a very um, his. He's very like introspective, Ari Shafir. So, for example, he just went off the grid for four months. He yep. 
stopped doing a show and just went, didn't tell anybody. He has a, he has a flip phone. Um, he doesn't do email if he's not at his computer. And his comedy kind of reflects that. It's just this, this obscure talk. To, he's always talking about his psychedelic mushroom and acid trips. And you can just sit there and listen to him talk forever. And he's hilarious. But compared to Burn Rogan, those guys are those guys are machines, man. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on the order. And, and like you say, it's all really, really close on all these guys. I've actually never seen Burr live, though. I've seen oh. Rogan and I've seen Ari. But, you know, being in, uh, in West Palm Beach, it's not these guys don't come around as much as they do where you're at. But yeah, I, I make it a very concerted effort. If I have free time, I'm probably at the comedy store in LA. Yeah, that's 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 like the golden spot, man. Like, <laughs> from everything I hear, I mean, I know you see, I've never been to some of these places you've been, man. The comedy club, Oakland Coliseum, you, you're hitting all the spots I need to hit, man. But best coast, you know, you're hitting the best coast over there, man. It's <laughs> arguable, it's, you know, you got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I need to see Burr. He he was here and I missed it. I forget what the reason was, but I missed it. But he'll be back, I'm sure. But yeah, man, yeah. And Ari's the guy. The funny thing about Ari is he's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Like when you go no. watch his stand up, like there's some people that if you're sensitive, like you're not gonna do too well on his show. Yeah, you know I mean, like he yeah, will all, push all it the, all the way over. <laughs> if you see any of these guys in a small, like the the, the thing about stand up comedy, like people think stand up comedy is what you see on the Netflix special, but stand up comedy is what goes on in the comedy club. Exactly. If you see if you see any of these three guys in a comedy club where they're working on material that doesn't make it to to Netflix, they're gonna offend you, especially Ari. Um, I actually saw Ari's special that was filmed at the comedy store. I was actually there for that. Oh wow. That's yeah, awesome, that was man. that was dope. That was fun. Yeah, I know. I, I whenever these guys come out here, like I said, I, I tend to go out there. Uh, my brother's a big stand-up fan too. He goes out. I mean, we've even brought our mom out there, and yeah. we brought her out to even Joey Diaz, man. So you know, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Hilarious. When you bring your yeah. mother out to Joey Diaz, you know it's crazy. Um, but the funny <laughs> thing about Joey Diaz, for for those that don't know who Joey Diaz is, he's like probably one of the most vulgar over the top dudes. This big Cuban dude that's been in prison, but he has a way. He's um. He has a way of being endearing no matter what he's saying or how he's saying it. People just fall in love with him. Yeah, he's awesome. His podcast is awesome too. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess, you know, all these guys are funny. We're just splitting hairs. And obviously, like you mentioned, all these guys have great podcasts. So if you're only listening to fancy podcasts and you're not venturing out, you definitely need to venture out to these guys because Mm -hmm. they they all have great shows. Um, So, yeah, so that's definitely, definitely check those guys out. Um, the next one, we can talk about comedy and stand up forever, probably. So that's why I'm just gonna oh, turn yeah, I can, over. I could do, I have done a whole podcast on it. I can, <laughs> yeah. do, I can do, I can do five podcasts. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, 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 and then one of the major points is those guys have inspired us as far as podcasts go. At least they've inspired me, I know for sure. Yeah. So I know they've probably done the same for you. And so it's definitely. My podcast style is basically inspired by Rogan and Ari Shafir's podcast where they just bring on guests to talk about random shit. Yep. Same here, man. Same here. I even tried to do a little Billy Burr, man. I, I do 15 minute solo ones man but you know i'm not bill burst at it so i can't go for an oh, hour man, and a half you know, solo <laughs> <laughs> all right the uh next thing old faces new places you kind of we kind of talked about one of these guys already but adrian peterson jamal charles marshawn lynch first second third round where are we going with these guys sounded like i was shitting on marshawn a little bit but i was just trying to give some perspective on him He's number one. Um, I mean, we've we've kind of said everything we need to say about the Raiders. Is even though I said we're expecting re- like regression in that touchdown department, there's still going to be a high scoring offense. The opportunities are still going to be there. The ceiling is still like that. 
Latavius last year plus a little plus a little bit. Uh, so he's still the one. Uh, I'm gonna Jamal Charles. I think is gonna be the two. I was really excited about. Uh, Mike McCoy going to Denver, hoping hoping he would bring Danny Woodhead over. I think we could see Charles in that role a little bit. Obviously, he's going to carry the ball more than Woodhead did, but he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's a good pass catcher. Uh, doesn't if you look at his numbers, he doesn't look like a great pass catcher in terms of volume. But I think that's more of a function of being under Andy Reid for so long. We know he can catch the ball, and I think they're going to want to preserve him a little bit. Um, Denver's running backs haven't been good around the goal line, namely C.J. Anderson. So I think we could see something similar where once they get in that red zone, we've seen Mike McCoy do this with Woodhead, brings in Jamal, has the option to roll him out of the backfield, catch the ball, score a couple touchdowns, vulture those touchdowns. Um, and then obviously he has um, he has the ability to be a fantastic running back. Adrian Peterson, I, I mean, he's, he's a guy that I've been trying to write off for uh, quite a few years now. He's missed two of the last three years. Uh, very small sample to go off with him over the last couple of years, but uh, just hasn't looked like the AP of old. And I think the running back to worry about in New Orleans is Alvin Kamara. If anything, the Saints are a team that want to throw to their running backs. And Ingram can do that, but for whatever reason, uh, he just seems to always be in, in Sean Payton's doghouse. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but they're always looking for another running back to throw to or get involved. I think that's going to be Kamara, and I think um, I think Peterson is going to get drafted on name value alone, and I'm he's not a guy I'm really going to want to touch. Yeah. A lot of people say, you know, um, the Saints hate Ingram, all this kind of stuff. Do you think it's kind of like the Raiders thing where they don't care who gets the ball, or do you think they literally just don't like this guy? <laughs> the thing about the Saints, though, is they, they've had these stretches where they give him a huge chunk of the workload. We've seen him finish as an RB1 before, and then all of a sudden they'll bring in um, a high tower or something, and that's just going to vulture touches from him. And it's just it's just a weird situation. Yeah. Um, I I don't really know how to pinpoint it, but for whatever reason, they they just don't want to feed Ingram like they can. I mean, we've seen him carry a pretty big load before. Yeah, and, and one other thing with this with Jamal Charles, um, uh, C.J. Anderson seems to be getting a lot of hate, like not a lot of love at all. Um, at least in circles that I'm drafting in, you know, re- recently. Obviously, with the Charles signing and stuff, that doesn't help him. But what what is your feeling on C.J. Anderson, just in general? Do you, do you feel like he's gonna do better than people are expecting or do you feel like he he is a disappointment that a lot of people seem to be feeling like he is at this point i mean what how do you feel about him in general it's it's pretty hard to gauge i mean he's he's a guy that he also can catch he's a pretty versatile back and when he's had opportunity he's he's put up relatively good numbers and i i think he's i think he's probably just more polarized than anything but i think you could actually get him at Fairly good value. He was he's going off somewhere around the fourth round of MFL tens right now, which without Jamal there, that's I think that's a really good price. With Jamal there, I think it's probably right around where you want him. You probably want to get him a little cheaper. Um, but I'm I'm a fan of CJ Anderson. He just hasn't uh, he hasn't shown the ability to uh, score near the goal line, which obviously is something we want. That's small sample size. It's really hard to rely on those numbers because. Um, there's just so many factors that go into those goal line and touches inside the 10. Uh, but I'm, I'm a CJ Anderson fan. I just wish they would use their running backs a little bit more out of the backfield, which I think they will with Mike McCoy. They, the last couple of years, they've 
thrown almost exclusively to wide receivers. Like I think something like 77% of their targets go to their wide receivers. I think McCoy will change that. Yeah, that and stay healthy, CJ. Please, man, stay yeah. healthy. <laughs> but I agree with you on the order with these guys. First, second, first Lynch, second Charles, third Peterson. But who knows? We'll see how it shakes out. Um, the next one, favorite place to watch a movie. I, I I threw this in here because obviously there's so many different ways to watch movies now. There's so many different ways we're consuming content, um, and so. The, f- the options are either the movie theater, good old classic movie theater, um, on demand at home, you know, whatever kind of cable you got, or Netflix. I've, I said Netflix at work. It could be Netflix doing anything where you should be paying attention and you're not. Um, which one? W- what's the order for you here? First, second, or third for these for these uh, ways to consume movies and, and TV content, stuff like that? I work from home. I live alone. So it's probably not a big surprise that my that on demand at home is my number one pick. Anything that I could do without leaving is my favorite thing to do. Fight crowds. <laughs> like, yeah, that is always the option. Um, Netflix at work. I, I work from home, so I'm always at home and right. at work. But I'm a huge fan of procrastination. So if you can <laughs> if you can do anything that you're not supposed to be doing um, and, and give it to the man a little bit, that's, that's my vote. And then movie theaters – I think they're just a horrible experience. <laughs> they're ex- they're expensive. The floors are sticky. There's children there that are that tend to ruin the movie if you, if you go at the wrong time. And uh, if you're going like on a date or something, it's it's just not a social event. Like you just sit there and you're quiet. If I'm going out and spending fifty bucks or whatever, like I'd rather have a decent meal and sit there and talk and have a glass of glass of wine or a beer or a scotch or something. So yeah. I'm. I'm not a big fan of the movie theater experience. Yeah, see, I, I agree with you. I, I would go Netflix at work. Obviously, our work situations are different. And I would go on demand at home. Movie theater last. And like you said, the movie theater for date purposes is kind of like a club and stuff. It's like you can't talk. You can't speak. It's like it's just pointless to me. But again, it's, it works for some awful. people. But I hate it's it. It's awful. <laughs> I've, I've given out this advice before, and I'm no dating guru. I'm 31 and single, so take it with a grain of salt. But bachelor, the, best for, the, the best first date you can do is a, is a stand-up comedy show. You can't yes. talk, but it's more interesting interactive and then you're gonna uh, you're gonna get the girl to like touch your leg while you guys are laughing the, the, the comedy shows the move <laughs> and you're gonna walk away feeling good regardless feeling there, good you're there's no a, sad you're ending drinks there's, there's no a sad two drink ending. minimum so she has to drink with you like you're good yeah man that's, that is that is the move man and that's that's low-key underrated man people just don't way, think about way it. underrated comedy i can't stand underrated they're always like giving out free tickets and stuff because people just don't know what's up man they just don't it's, they're not it's taking the, advantage it's one of the best things to do yep. but look up the comic first just don't blame Go to yeah, the show. yeah, for sure. The last one I'm gonna throw at you, man, is the Patriots backfield, the most frustrating backfield known to man. Um, I feel like they have a different running back visiting every week here, every day. But um, the three guys that people talk about the most right now, um, James White, you know, big playoffs with uh, the way everything on um, you know unfolded last year. Uh, jealousy and Burkhead Rex Rex Burkhead man so I, I know I pretty much have a strong feeling where you're gonna go obviously the hot names and the analytic guys you know I know where you're going probably but <laughs> I'm curious just to hear you out first second third round which guys are you picking man I was big on Gillisley before the season last year I thought he was gonna eat into McCoy's work a little bit more if you look at um Again, I know yards per carry isn't a sticky stat, but I looked at a bunch of numbers that compared yards per carry to adjusted line yards, which is a stat from uh, Football Outsiders that basically tells you how many yards the offensive line blocked for. Um, 
not super scientific, but it's a quick and dirty way to kind of look at how running backs com- uh, perform compared to their offensive line. Gillisley was one of the best in the league, and then he was also one of the best around the goal line. Again, that's a number that uh, tends to regress those those scoring opportunities. Uh, you can say that uh, it could be a negative if they score too high over expectation, but at least he's shown that he has that ceiling to be able to uh, touch that top of the range of outcomes um, compared to other running backs that haven't. I, I would at least like to have seen it before, and People talk about the pass catching backs a lot in New England, but the ceiling guy is the one that's going to be scoring the touchdown. We saw that last year with uh, LeGarrette Blount. We've seen it in the past in these offenses with the Corey Dillons and whatnot. If you could punch it in, um, then you're going to be the guy that has a ceiling in this backfield. I think Gillisley is going to be that guy. I thought it was going to be Burkhead, but um, again, kind of a small sample size with him last year. He had that big week 17. It looked like they brought him in for the LeGarrette Blount role, but I think when you see them bring in Gillisley, um, I think that's more of a sign than anything. And then uh, I'll probably, because of all those things, I'm probably going to put James White ahead of Burkhead. Uh, just we, we know that New England's going to throw to their backs, um, even near the goal line. So there's going to be that PPR value. James White at least is going to give you a floor with Gillisley and Burkhead there. I don't know if he's going to give you a ceiling, but if you're playing in something like MFL 10s and you have a a really shitty running back core, it's not a bad idea to grab a James White and know you're going to have a few of those 10-point PPR games where you might be kind of thin at the position. So I'm fine with that. Um, He's not going to be a league winner. I can't imagine that he's with Gillisley and Burkhead there. I don't really see a path for White to uh, have a huge ceiling. I think if anything, Burkhead's a better lottery ticket if you're looking for that huge upside. If Gillisley goes down, I think Burkhead would have the the biggest uh, role increase. I think James White is just kind of going to stay in that role regardless of who else is healthy. So I'd go Gillisley, White, Burkhead for now. Gotcha. Are you surprised that Lewis is the odd man looking in right now? If you asked me um, eight or nine months ago, I would have said yes. Um, but the way the the season wound down, and it's just pretty clear that they like James White more. I mean, the most important games of the year, it was James White. Uh, they're not that different as players. I love Deion Lewis. I, I, I thought he was going to get everything that James White got. But it, Belichick's pretty clear. Like, when he finds the guy he likes, that's the guy. So um, at this point, no. If, if, if Lewis went somewhere else, would you get excited? Or are you just the injury things and everything is just kind of not – you know, dulled your, dulled your, you know, I, your, your, your uh, happiness about him right now. I tend to not like hate injuries as much as other people. I think if mm-hmm. anything, it, it pushes, it, it gives value to players that right. um, would be, would be uh, drafted higher. Um, I mean, with a guy like Lewis, it's all just going to uh, depend on landing spot. It's going to be a team that would, that would have to know how to use him. Obviously the saints are already filled up, but if it was a team like the saints, that would be exciting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he, if somehow he ended up at a spot that made sense, I would, I would be targeting him. Sure. Interesting backfield. They, something happens every day there in their backfield, but we'll see how it all shakes out. So that's it for the draft, man. That's it for the entertainment draft. I, that was fun. I like that. That was fun. That's I enjoyable, like it too. man. And if I have two or three people on here at one time, everyone's going to be arguing. I like this. This is, <laughs> this is good. That's man. what you. Maybe you should do a roundtable and just <laughs> do the draft because that might take like 
two hours. Those those five <laughs> topics with with three or four people, you could be there for. Yeah, yeah, and I can mix them up. I can I can even mix the topics up themselves or just the names. So much possibilities here, man. I like it. <laughs> but I thank like you for too. playing, man. It was fun. Um, the next thing I want to do here, which I always say for the end, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. Everyone knows that it's foul or no foul. Um, for those who aren't familiar with foul or no foul, for, for if you're just first time listening because TJ's the man, you're like, hey, let me give this podcast a chance. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> that, man. I appreciate that. I understand those guys are here right now. So um, if that's the case, foul or no foul uh, is basically a segment where I'm going to throw statements at you, TJ. Um, some were you know sent in to me. Some I've just kind of drummed up myself. Um, if you if you don't agree with the statement being made, then it's a foul. Um, if you if you agree with the statement, everything sounds good. No foul. Everything is good. Um, you ready for this? Um, let's do it. All right, man. Let's do this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pause. Really quick. Pause, pause, pause. Listen, we were about to go to foul or no foul, but I'm changing it up a little bit. I am going to do the last question for the Clock Dodgers contest right now. See, guys, I had to throw that little twist in this because I've been doing them at the end, and I know people have maybe been predicting that, and they might just fast forward to the end to get the question. Um, but this time I'm going to switch it up. So I'm going to do the question right now. If you are doing the contest, you want to make sure that if you're the first person to send me all three answers from the one from the Ben Cummins episode, one from the Elliot Christ episode, and now the one from this TJ Hernandez episode. So the question for this episode that you're going to want to send to me, the final question in this trilogy of questions to get the, the, the Clock Dodgers official mug is what avatar does TJ Hernandez have on Twitter? What is his avatar? TJ can't change his avatar because it's basically become iconic to him. Um, it's kind of who he is at this point <laughs> on Twitter. It's funny. It's a funny thing. So what avatar did TJ Hernandez say? Did we say that he has on Twitter? Good luck, guys. Again, clockdodgers at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or anywhere else at clockdodgers. Good luck. Back to foul or no foul. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first one I have at you now, I know I know you don't want to get too deep, man. I know you don't want to get too political here or anything like that. But oh. it's just hard to avoid this sometimes. It's not, it's not politics. It is football politics. So that kind of okay. answers the question. But Blaine Gabbert, man, has an NFL job. He just got signed this upcoming season. Kaepernick does not. This is due to politics, not football. Foul or no foul? That is uh, the, the fact that Cap isn't on a team and 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 Gabbard is is foul. Um, if it's if you're asking if it's not due to politics, um, you're saying it's not politics, right? If it's not politics, if you agree that it's not politics, then it's a no foul. If you think it is, then foul. Oh, foul! Like it's hundred percent politics. There's no way that a guy like there aren't enough. The, the supply and demand should drive economics right there is a demand for quarterbacks there aren't enough good quarterbacks in the world there's only 32 starting nfl quarterbacks and they can't fill the position and colin kaepernick has shown that he's at least serviceable let alone a backup that have you have we seen what we get out of backup quarterbacks <laughs> when they still like it is atrocious what yeah. we get from from them and colin kaepernick isn't on a team like i don't i don't even think he's good but he is a top 32 quarterback in the world like right, guaranteed right. like there there's no art if you argue that you've never 
watched football or looked at statistics. Either way, you you can't say he's not a top thirty-two quarterback in the world. He's not on a team. It's it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, as a as a Raider as Raider fans, you know, Super Bowl last year, Derek Carr, you know, I mean, Super Bowl playoffs, Derek Carr breaks his leg before it, and yes. we have these backups who who completely make the team look completely different. It's garbage on offense. Imagine Nothing. if the Raiders have cap. That's what I'm saying, right? If they, they have at least Kaepernick, have a fighting chance. Exactly. There's still there's something there. He adds some sort of element. Um, and so I, I, I don't know how I word the question now to start with the foul NFL segment, but all, all I know is we both agree that there has to be politics involved in this, um, for him not to be somewhere. So I know it's, it's a conversation people don't like to go to, man, but sometimes we got to do that here at Clot Dodgers, right, TJ? Sometimes we got to yeah, do Yeah, I mean, it. dude, uh, I can't, I, I don't, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to get on the, uh, I'm not going to get on the PC or, or what side I'm on, but if you're, if you're, uh, if you're offended by cap, then yeah, it's ridiculous. Silly. It's ridiculous. It is silly. We can say that, man. It's silly. Tell them they're fucking silly, TJ. They're silly, man. The next it's one. Silly. It's silly. It's fucking silly. The next one is from at Neil Nagel on the uh, Fancy Life app. This is, man, he's, this is a question, man. Sometimes we get silly ones, man. His his, 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 his foul or no foul is North Dakota is better than South Dakota. Foul or no foul. <laughs> I think um, neither Dakota matters, but, I mean, you know, th- this is your, your, right. your question to answer, TJ. North Dakota is better than South. I'm going to say foul just because I give Justin Bailey so much shit about being from North Dakota. I say he's from uh, East Montana. And I mean, at least South Dakota has like South Dakota has a national monument, right? North Dakota has a stupid TV show that I've never watched. Um, and they produced um, Carson Wentz, so I'm gonna go foul. <laughs> it's pretty much a fact. If you bring up a Dakota, you're gonna, it's gonna get shitted on. I mean, <laughs> there's not much positive stuff coming from there that I know of. It, here's the thing: if there is something amazing in the Dakotas, then the people in the Dakotas are letting us down because we don't know. Yeah, so I don't, no one's told me. About no one's it. It told us. So, awesome. so, so people might get mad that we say there's nothing happening in the Dakotas, but it's not our fault. Is they're not yeah. telling us about the Dakotas, man. They just don't tell yeah, us about it. I, so I haven't heard anything good. Me neither. So sorry, yeah. Dakotas. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Neil Nagel. You just didn't get what you wanted to hear. The next one, um, and this this is for the stand up stuff, man. As long as it's used for comedy purposes, like stand up, for example, no topic is off limits. Foul or no foul? No foul. I if you walk into a comedy club, you you're gonna get offended. You should get offended. There are sometimes it might not work. Sometimes you should laugh the com- at it. You don't have to laugh, but you shouldn't. You sh- you don't have to laugh. Like there's a lot of stuff I don't laugh right, at. But right. If you're sitting there with your arm crossed, mad, you don't know what a uh, 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 comedy. When 99.9% of these comics, if they're saying something offensive about a topic that is very volatile or polarizing, um, they're either trying to give you perspective. Or it's something they've dealt with, and it's a it's a coping mechanism. It's not said out of uh, malice or hate. You can it's very intent gets lost in um, in snips of of quotes or on the page of a blog. And I've said this before. I brought this up. Bill Burr always talks about it on his pod. Whenever people come up to him after his shows with a a complaint about a bit. It's always the they're always offended about the thing that they are related to. So right. if it's cancer, for example, it's because someone in their family died from cancer. But the other eighteen jokes that offended a different group, they didn't complain about. So like we all have shit that hits close to home. It's 
if it's a funny joke, it's a funny joke. No foul. Nothing is off limits in a comedy club. Zero, come at me. Zero things. Come at him. At TJ Hernandez. <laughs> at TJ Hernandez. He's got Stewie. You can't miss him. Any to- you can't throw a topic at me. There's zero can't. topics. I'm, you can't. I'm, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking of the worst ones. <laughs> I, I agree with you, man. I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. You know, some people are out there like, oh, it's bad taste. No, no. I want to hear uh, it. You sound like you're not fun to drink with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, since we got people all pissed off now, I love it. Um, the next one. This one I, I bring up, man. I, I started it way back, and I, I keep bringing it back. I always just like to hear what people think and, and what they want, what their answer is, and everyone gives a different answer. So. Batman is not really a superhero, TJ. He's just a rich guy with expensive toys. Foul or no foul? Um, whew, that's rough. Um, I'm going to go no foul. The- theoretically, all of us can do what Batman did. Yep. Uh, given, given the money, resources, and a uh, shit ton of free time... <laughs> <laughs> he just trained a lot right yeah i mean i, I, I i've heard different angles man through, through this question i've gotten so many different answers i've had you know his heart is on superhero levels man like he just cares so much but then i got people saying you know you take away the money you, you put him in debt and he's not batman so how do you i guess it depends how you define superhero when true. i think of superhero i think of something uh superhuman and he's not he's not uh going outside the superhuman realm. So, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go no foul. Batman, I'll go I'll go Batman is just, not just a man. Batman's just a, a man. dude. He's just he's a, a man. dude in a cave with a butler <laughs> and billions of dollars. Oh man, Batman truthers. We're sorry, guys. Sorry, I just sorry, like to guys. do that, man. I'd like to do that because I get these crazy answers. Um those are good movies to see in the theater. They are. I hate movie theaters. That's they a good are. theater movie. That's a good one. It's a good one. If you like to watch rich guys on TV, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I'm going to throw at you is a little personal, man. This is for me. I just drafted Mark Ingram and Doug Martin in a recent dynasty draft as my first two running backs off the board. I didn't draft them high, but like, you know, wherever they fell to me at. My team is fucked. Foul or no foul? Your team is fucked. No foul. Um <laughs> I can get on board with the Doug Martin. I think the Ingram and in, in Dynasty is pretty rough. The, we kind of talked about him already. I don't think that the Saints just – they don't love him for whatever reason. Um, I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to carry a fantasy team, uh, especially if I'm looking for those early-round guys. I love – I'm in love with wide receivers, man. I don't know how much you know about that, but – Give me wide receivers all day, and I'll figure out the running backs. So here's the thing. Now I'm going to tell you who I drafted at wide receiver. And now, <laughs> now you're going to say my team isn't fucked, hopefully. I drafted Mike Evans, Hopkins, Allen, Martavis Bryant. And I got somebody else in there I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But now when you yeah, put I those can... guys with those running backs, now how you feel about my dynasty team? Yeah, I can dig that. I mean, dynasty, <laughs> like, I think people get – a little too carried away with dynasty i'm not i'm not a dynasty guy by oh, any i got prior on there too but like oh yeah i i can dig that but i mean really in, in dynasty like are you really looking three or four years out like exactly I think people get a little carried away with that like two years I, I think is really what you need to be looking at and then the oh i'm in win now motor lot i guess that's kind of a fickle argument but i mean if you're a if you can be relatively subjective you can look at teams and know like I, I could take down a championship this year. Um, it, it's usually not too hard to figure out. So I, given that, all right, I'm, 
I'll I'll retract um, <laughs> I'll retract my statement a little bit, but if in a vacuum, if you just give me those two, I would, yeah. I would have agreed with it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to make it work after that, man. But I just wanted to see what you were gonna say. Just trying to have some fun with that. There's always free running backs. That's there a is. Good thing. There is, man. There's always other running backs I can grab later. You know, we'll see how it pans out. That's it for foul or no foul, man. That's actually it for the show. I've ran through everything I've had here for you, man, and it's actually gone by. It feels like really fast, but that's what happens when they say you have fun, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I do want to do is um, before I let you go, of course. Um, I, I I always like to, of course, have guys plug. Uh, I know we talked about kind of everything that you do, but just if you can just give you know your Twitter handle out again, the websites you want people to visit, um, anything at all that you want the listeners to do to to help you out or um, to support what you're doing, can you just kind of point them in different directions really quick? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I, I love the idea behind Clock Dodgers. Anytime you can try to get out of the the grind off the hamster wheel, um, I'm I don't support anything more. Uh, as far as what I got going on, we mentioned already. On Twitter, at TJ Hernandez, you can find most of my work on 444.com as well as rostercoach.com. I host two podcasts, at Seasoned In, at Seasons In where I'm just talking to uh, fantasy dudes about stuff they love outside of sports. And then once the season rolls around, Chris Raybon and I are uh, hosting DFS MVP podcasts. Uh, all DFS football. We have a really fun time with that. And one other thing, if, if you follow me on Twitter, we talked about comedy a lot. I, I do as much as I can to promote stand-up comics, especially up and comers. So if you like stand-up comedy, uh, check out my comedy list and some of the guys I retweet and, and uh, help them out a little bit. Because even though you see some of these dudes on TV, a lot of them aren't making a lot of money, but uh, they, they, need, they need your help and they need new fans. So check out my comedy list on my Twitter. Absolutely, man. The grind is real. And, and definitely everything you just mentioned, anyone listening, if you're not already doing those things, definitely go do those things. Um, I do I always like to close out the show with putting the pressure on the guests here and asking you to close it out um, with some kind of message. So as I always say, depending on what the guest is, it doesn't have to be fancy football. I know that's what you, um, you know, one of the reasons why we love you, TJ, but it doesn't have to be. It could be anything at all. Um, closes out the pressures on you. If our listeners take away one thing from, from this conversation, man, what do you say it should be? Uh, in the theme of clock Dodgers, I would say just, uh, take the time to, uh, figure out a way to do the stuff in your life that you love, whether it's, uh, going to a baseball game, going to a comedy show, hanging out with your friends or doing stuff with your kids. I mean, I, I try to be one of the best in the fantasy industry. Um, but also I try to have, uh, a, a little bit of sanity in my life. Uh, I'm never going to be the guy that's pounding out 16 hour days. And I kind of take pride in that. So figure out a way to do that in your life. Um, there's a lot more to life than winning a fantasy championship or having your team win a game. Uh, if, if the Raiders move to Vegas, it's not the end of the world. Uh, pay attention to those relationships and look for experiences, put down the phone, enjoy life a little bit. It's awesome, man. That's awesome. Guys, TJ Hernandez, legit good dude, funny dude, entertaining dude, knows his stuff. Please go support him and everything he does. TJ, I really appreciate you taking time out of your night, man, to uh, to join me here. I appreciate you having me. That was really fun, man. Absolutely, man. You have a good night. You too. All right. That was that was a great episode. TJ Hernandez has to be one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show so far. Not a knock to anybody else who's been on, but TJ is a great dude, man. And obviously, it was a super fun conversation. We went everywhere. We were we were scattered all across the board, and it was it was great. So thank you again to TJ for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's it's always an honor to have these guys on. TJ puts in a lot of hard work, and he's and he's a funny dude, entertaining dude, smart dude. So um, it's always fun to have these kind of guys on, guys. 
TJ told you where to go, to where you can support him, please do so. Just a reminder, if you if you missed it for whatever reason, follow him on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. Um, check out the sites that he that he works on. Uh, the one he is a co-founder of is Roster Coach, and then you got Four for Four Football, where he's associate editor. Check out the podcast. He is a co-host of the DFS MVP podcast, as well as a host of his own podcast, which is at Seasons End. Um, I highly recommend you check them both out and throw some love his way. You know, tell him Cloud Dodger sent you. Hit him with a review, a subscription to his podcast. Whatever the case may be, just follow him on Twitter. Say, hey, Cloud Dodger sent me, man. You were great on the show. Just anything. Show, show, show TJ some love. It, 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 it's super helpful when we have guests on the show and you guys let them know how much you appreciate it, how much they entertained you, how much they distracted you from doing actual work, whatever the case may be. So um, I appreciate that, Clock Dodgers, when you guys can, you know, when you can go that extra, extra little extra inch. You know what I mean? They love the extra inch, I promise you. <laughs> oh, man. That was going to go down a deep gutter hole there. Um, anyway, guys, that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. There are some great episodes upcoming, too. I promise you I got some good guests in the in the lineup here, in the, in the cut. They're coming. I promise you there's some really good ones, just like TJ was and just like all the other past guys were. If you need me for any reason, you could hit me up. You got any comments, suggestions, um, you want to contribute to clockdodgers.com or anything else that we're doing here as part of the team, um, hit me up on email, preferably clockdodgers at gmail.com. If, um, if you can, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. If you listened, if this is your first time listening and you listened because TJ was on or anything else like that, please, I hope if you, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I pour my heart and soul into this. Um, and so if you can, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're using. We're literally on every, um, podcast platform that I can think of at the moment. If there's one that you have, and it's an inconvenience to download an app just to hear this, then let me know where it's at and I'll try to get us on it. Um, but yeah, review the podcast. If you can leave a review, that's super helpful. Um, Cause guys, you gotta understand people who don't know what clock Dodgers is and they see it, they go straight to your reviews. They go straight to your reviews, and that's how they. Um, a lot of people figure out whether they're even going to give a, a podcast a chance. And of course, you're going to have, you know, shitty reviews once in a while because someone's whatever, you know, expressing their opinion, and that's how they feel like doing it. But for the most part, you guys are super helpful, and so um, please, if you guys could do that, it's it's uh, you know awesome for you guys to be able to do that if you can um again on itunes or whatever app you're using um so so definitely do that shout out to the last i'm gonna start shouting out people who leave reviews as well uh, maybe pick random ones to do giveaways to um the last two that i know that um that left reviews were uh austin arden arden i don't know how to pronounce the last name properly and i'm probably gonna mess it up but ardinger ardinger um if you if you uh i I appreciate you man you left you left a great um you left a great review so thank you for that um it's always nice Uh, if you want to give 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 uh austin a shout out he's at aj underscore ardinger 41 that's a-r-t-i-n-g-e-r he has his own podcast as well so if you can show him some love the double a football podcast um, check him out. Cool dude. And the other one uh, who left the last one I'm trying to see here would be Michael Stepney. Michael Stepney, another good dude. Just started writing for um, fantasyauthority.com. Check him out. Show him some love. He's at mstepney, S-T-E-P-N-E-Y 71 on Twitter. Thank you again, my man, for the uh, the awesome review. Anyone who leaves reviews in the future, I'm going to shout you guys out. Maybe go through some of the ones who have already been left on there. 
Uh, if I didn't give you any proper, you know, love on the show, I apologize. And I will be doing some kind of random contest on there and just maybe when we get to a certain amount of reviews, pick a random person, do something crazy, whatever, you know, just to have fun with it. So um, if you can leave a review, if you've already left a review, tell your cousin, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, whoever you can to show some love because it definitely helps. Um, otherwise, guys, that's it for the most part. Um, be on the lookout for, like I said, new podcasts. We have some, we have some fun guests coming up, uh, some interesting things. If you guys have any, any, any kind of feedback at all, any recommendations you want to help contribute in some way, shape or form, um, please do. Uh, please reach out to me. If you're interested in breaking out of that nine to five mindset and you're interested in writing or, or doing something else, or you just have an idea, you want to bounce it off me. I love helping guys, um, start their own thing, whatever, whatever the case may be, just hit me up. I want to talk to you guys. So reach out, you know, where to find me at clock Dodgers, hit me up. Um, that's it guys. I'm going to go ahead and drop the tunes on y'all later. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.